Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning on the Micropod and Rich. Hi. Good morning, Cass. You're very up this morning. Look, I'm just excited about a new day and everything that we have in store. It's going to be a good day. It is going to be a good day. I have been loving the Micropod and I don't know about you, but if you are loving listening to the Micropod, I wonder if you could do us a favour. Mm. Yeah, if you could go over to like Apple Podcast and just rate the podcast. Oh, that'd uh, be cool. Just give it a, like I'm going to say a five star. Yeah, I like that. Whatever you think. <laughs> um, when you rate it, it helps the visibility of the Micropod. And um, if even if you wanted to write a review or whatever, um, write about how God is really helping you through this season or write something that someone said or whatever. Be pretty lovely. Yeah, it'd be so great. I sent a link to a friend last week because I went, oh, this one really relates to you and I think you'll love it. And they wrote back and went, wow, I didn't even know you guys were doing this. This is fantastic. So if you want to share it as well, that would be a great thing. But this morning, Rich, I'm pretty excited because a while back you and I sat around a campfire Uh and had a great conversation with a friend. Yeah. And we came to respect, appreciate and love him and his wife dearly. Yeah, so this morning we're going to be talking to our friend John Mark McMillan, who is an epic songwriter um, and lyricist and just a great worship leader and artist. Right, he really is. And he is spending a lot of time in this season creating things with great beauty. So here we are. Great to have you, John. Uh, Good morning. Good morning to you. What time is it where you are? (laughs) It is about 7 p.m. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> About seven. So yeah, we just ate. We just ate dinner. But just you, you guys. Good morning a- to you, though. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> current situation. You're in lockdown. Is that? We, what's your state like? We are still in lockdown. They're starting to ease lockdown in the next couple of weeks, and they're going to do this. These three phases, I guess. And so the first phase is they'll start opening certain businesses and second phase they'll open you know other yeah, things right. you know I, I don't remember all the details but so apparently mm-hmm. we're starting to open up and we so have this at the plan moment of you the, Sarah and the kids are uh, in your house all by yourself 24 7 how's it going <laughs> for you yes all five do of you us love it here. or hate it you know what's really funny is at first I really hated it I mean I love being around Did my you? kids and stuff but you know they're home they're not, I mean, you know, they started sending them schoolwork over right. the computer and stuff, but, you know, and then I had a tour booked and oh, um, I had to cancel it. <laughs> so I had to sort of like re, you know, consider my whole year, um, which yeah. is not a big deal compared to what a lot of people are dealing with. But, you know, so I'm trying to like, I just put a record out some, you know, I'm trying to do a little bit of promotion and stuff, but my kids are here all day. And what's funny is everyone keeps talking about, what do you do with all this time on your hands? And I'm like, I don't have all this extra time. Right. No. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> been saying the so same my thing. wife and I have, it's taken us weeks to get a rhythm that works for us. I just get up really early and I work till usually just after one in the afternoon. And then I hand right. it off to her. And then she, uh, she's an artist, she's a potter. And mm-hmm. so she'll work uh, into the evening. Occasionally giving me breaks, like right now, to come do a podcast, <laughs> you know? And, and at first, it was really, there's a lot of tension, you know, because I was trying yeah. to work, but, 
you know, in all honesty, um, and marriage is often a little bit of a, this is maybe a bad word, but I think it's a real word. You know, every relationship, there's a compromise, you know, you've got to, you find compromises. And I think that I had to compromise and say, you know what, it's better for us both to be happy and healthy and emotionally sound than for me to get all this work done. So I'm going to commit to getting up early and trying to get more work done before yeah. lunch. And then if, if work's not done, then I'm, you know, I'm still going to hand it off to her anyway. And what I found is that, um, and gosh, we've been married for like 15 years, so I don't know why I'm learning these lessons so late in the game. Right? <laughs> what I found is when she is happy, I am happy. And when I'm happy, I do better work. So right. wow. it's worth a sacrifice you know, for the, the good of the house, you know, which is like totally what I think smart husbands learn early in a marriage, you know, <laughs> but like I'm really stubborn and hard headed sometimes. And I, I find that I'm learning these lessons late. I love that. I feel wow. conviction. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's what you're learning about marriage. What's this season teaching you about the Lord? This season. So this is really interesting, but it was early on. My wife and I both woke up early and it was very quiet outside. Very, very quiet. And I thought, this is a weird feeling. And I said, I said, I was, I was talking to Sarah, I said, babes, this is strange. And I don't know why I feel this way because I'm not excited. In fact, I'm probably, if it was later in the day, I'd be a little bit terrified. But early enough in the morning, and I, I haven't, my, you know, I'm not really thinking analytically, right? I'm just sort of alive. And I said, uh, it feels a little bit like Christmas. You know, why does it feel like Christmas? Like, this is a terrifying situation. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, there is something precious about it. Not about the virus, not about people losing their yeah. jobs, not about people dying and getting sick, obviously. But there's something precious about our whole city stopped. Mm-hmm. Our whole neighborhood stopped. You know, a lot like Christmas, you know, there's not a lot of movement. You know, there's there's a good bit of peace. And, and so like, um, obviously I, I want to continue to reiterate this. I'm not excited or happy about the virus or what yeah, it's doing to sure. people or the situation yeah. we find ourselves in, but there's something really interesting about a large group of people being vulnerable in different mm-hmm. ways. Obviously some are more vulnerable than others, but be, being vulnerable at the same time, yeah. you know, there's a vulnerability. We're all stuck at home together. And some people are in a better shape than others. Some people in my country have health insurance. Some people don't. Um, you know, there's some people who are older, more susceptible. But everyone is feeling yeah. vulnerable right now, no matter who you are. Unless, you know, there are kids, young people who are just totally, like, don't care. And they're, they're going out to spring break. And a lot of them ended up getting the virus anyway because they just decided not to care. But generally, we're all sort of, like, vulnerable together. And so I've been thinking a lot about vulnerability and the, the picture of Christ, Right. The picture, if you ask the most pagan person you know, the most non-believer, or the person who knows the least, if they know anything about Jesus at all, the one picture that comes to mind is the picture of the man on the cross, suspended between earth and the sky, between heaven and earth, with his arms outstretched, the most vulnerable a person has ever been. And so God is the not just the God of vulnerability, he is the vulnerable God. 
He makes himself vulnerable to us. And that's the picture of Christ. Even if you want to step back and compare Christ to sort of like the other concepts of God, this is one concept that separates Christ from the concept of all other gods, is that all the other gods are invincible. They sit up on their mountain, they sit in their high-rise apartment, and they look down on us, right? Mm. And Jesus is the God who is with us, right? He's Emmanuel, the God with us. And so obviously there's, there's a number of different ways to look at it. But one way you can think about it is Jesus is the God who suffered. He's the God who suffers alongside of us. He's the God who extends himself and is willing to endure pain to be connected with the mortals, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I know that's really heavy stuff. But I was thinking like, so Jesus is the vulnerable God. He's the bridge building God. He's the connector God. He's the God who brings heaven and earth together. He's also the God who brings human beings together. I mean, that's why worship is so much of a corporate thing. You you yeah. hear yeah. one another's voice and there's there's been studies about what happens to you in your body when you hear your voice join along with other voices. There's some really great mm-hmm. TED Talks about that. You know, and there's been studies in major magazines about what it does to you physiologically when you sing, you know, but it all has to do with your connection to other human beings. So God is also the God that connects you to other human beings, you know, mm-hmm. and you think about the the controversial and, um, you know, the statement that's a little hard to get your head around, God is love, right? You know, what does that mean? God is the connector God, the God that's bringing us together, the God that's the bridge builder. So I can see God in that, in our sort of our pain and in our little bit of terror and ultimately in our corporate vulnerability, like there's an opportunity and we're not all going to take it because humanity is, you know, spectrum of weird, but we're not all going to take this opportunity, but there there is an opportunity for that vulnerability to endure us to one another, to connect us. There's an opportunity to see one another more in the way that God sees us Mm. in this sort of moment if we'll allow ourselves to do that, you know? And I imagine God has always given us those opportunities, but sometimes they're sort of glaring, right? And I think this is one of those. There's those moments in time where you're like, I can stay the same if I want Mm. to, and God's Mm. gonna let me. It's not gonna force me to change, but I can decide to change. And these are really good moments to make those little moments of spiritual transformation, mm-hmm. to begin to see other people in God. So that's probably a little spacey. <laughs> but that's sort <laughs> no, of like, great. I've been alone in a room surrounded by screaming kids for, uh, <laughs> for six I weeks. So this is the kind of stuff that happens to my brain. Right. I love it so much because we've been talking about songs that you've written um, in our family because they've, they've really ministered to us over the years. So, um, Oh How He Loves Us and King of My Heart, like songs and songs and songs. But we've said that you write songs about the goodness of God from positions of lament, mm. which wow. sounds like what you're reflecting on now and what you're thinking about. Mm. Is this stirring different creativity in this season, like all those musings in your room by yourself? <laughs> Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm by nature a melancholy. I mean, I, no, really? uh, there's a lot of joy. <laughs> there's a lot of joy in my life, but like, I really love the deep emotions, you know, I'm sort of like a classic artist in that sense. Like I like to explore right. the negative emotions in a healthy way, <laughs> you know? Um, Hopefully. but 
<laughs> because I think in in those emotions, there's a um, humans are connected to one another, and once again, God God is connected to us at the same time. You know, yeah. I mean, Jesus in his moment, yeah. the great moment of him connecting, reconnecting. God and man, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know what I'm saying? Even Jesus mm-hmm. is caught up in the melancholy, you know, because mm-hmm. it's that very thing that connects us, right? So mm-hmm. so a lot of my songs do come from that that sort of place. And, you know, I have a friend who's a really amazing songwriter. He says writing sad songs is cheating <laughs> because <laughs> your, your feelings are so present. They're right there in front of you, you know, and the song requires feelings, you know, you're, we're not led by our feelings in our spiritual life and our walk and our decision making, mm-hmm. but in writing music, we're definitely led by our feelings, mm-hmm. you know, because a song without the feelings is, um, is, a, is an essay, which essays are great too, you know, but there's a, the emotional connection that we make. And so for mm-hmm. me, a lot of that happens in moments of crisis. So I don't know, maybe I was born for such a moment, right? You <laughs> right. Know? But it... But there is something in those in those moments, and you see it in the Psalms, and you see it throughout all of Scripture. You know that um, there are those very real moments yeah. um, where yeah. we connect to one another in in our um, sometimes dire situations. You know, yeah. And then there's God who is not denying us that those things are difficult. And so much so that he actually enters into them himself. And then he walks with us out of those things. So we grow yeah. from those places, yeah. you know, yeah. unless a seed dies and goes into the earth, it remains alone, mm-hmm. you know, right? But, but when we see each other in vulnerability and pain, we're together. And to me, I think music does that. And even worship yeah. music, you know? Yeah. Um, so and so, yeah, pers- a lot of it, I guess a lot of it is about finding goodness in those times, you know, because yeah. that's been the biggest question of my life. It's easy to see goodness, you know, when I'm like standing on the beach and the wind is blowing, yeah. you know, and I'm eating an amazing meal and I'm with my friends and I have no kid. That's easy to see God's goodness there, but it's more difficult to see God's goodness in these other areas of life that we like to avoid. But those areas are there, and when you can find God in those areas, like you will never not know that aspect of God. Yeah, you know, it's like, like that. He's so real and beautiful when you when He meets you in those places. Mm. I don't know if I just started rambling right there or not, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's helpful for people. I think people listening will will appreciate it because of the situation they find themselves in, not just now but all the time. Life is yeah. up and it's down. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the micropod, so we, we're going to have to cut it short. But I would love to invite <laughs> you to come back and, and uh, let's explore some of these conversations a lot more in the future. Do you Absolutely. reckon there's, um, is, yeah. is, there, is there a song perhaps from the new album or just in this season that, you've, um, that you would like to share with, with you know, the micropod that maybe minister to people um, even now? Definitely. Let me, let yes. me, my guitar is right over here. Let me grab my guitar. <laughs> All right, good, good, do it. So this is the song that came to mind. It's one of my favorite songs. It's based out of um, the Psalms, and I'm probably going to get the number wrong. I think it's Psalm 138, 139, and then Romans 8. But I feel like that scripture, those scriptures are real. Um, they mean a lot to me yeah. in this season, but it's called Heart Won't Stop. There is not a man or a beast Nothing on the land or underneath 
Oh, nothing that could ever come between the love you have for me. I could lay my head in Sheol. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. Oh, but there is not a place I could escape you. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. There is not an angel of the stars. There is not a devil in the dark. Oh, nothing that could change the way you are, the love you have for me. I could lay my head in Sheol. I could make my bed at the bottom of the darkness deep. Oh, but there is not a place I could escape you. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after me. Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. When the night is calm And the land is dark And the moon is the only light we'll see No, I won't be afraid No, I won't be afraid just as long as you stand Your heart won't stop coming after me Your heart won't stop coming after me Your heart won't stop coming after, coming after me Beautiful, beautiful, amen Hey, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Um, both of us here are a little bit teary, actually. <laughs> uh, love that, love that, love that. We're so oh, grateful man. for everything you shared this morning. We're going to go download that new album. We're going to put awesome. it on repeat in our house. And I, yes. I feel like lots of people listening this morning are going to do the same thing. The new album is called Peopled with Dreams. So people with a D with dreams. That's what the new new album is called. And I love it because our most recent album from Hillsong Worship is called Awake. Oh, and I feel like it shares a real similar theme and I feel like the Lord is saying something yeah, to the church. Yeah, totally. So thank you for writing songs that speak to people in moments when they need it the very most. And thanks mm. for sharing time with us this morning. Yeah.